It's the Jersey Hardwood Podcast, sponsored by LG Insurance. I'm your host, Steve Titchener. And on the line, we have John McAlevey and all the way out in Vancouver, Matt Lachlan joins us and i'm hearing it's rainy out there matt it is not sunny in vancouver today that's for sure but you know in the winter when you come to vancouver or seattle you expect overcast and rainy and it didn't disappoint and that's that's what you get out out that way right it's it's a pacific northwest so uh it's uh it's a it's a rainy part of the uh country so we got our special uh tournament guys a tournament show here um and wow, why uh, uh, Rutgers getting one of the last bids uh, into the tournament uh, where they play a play-in game against Notre Dame. Seton Hall comfortably in as the eighth seed. They uh, draw t- uh, Texas uh, Christian. Hey, St. Pete's of Jersey City comes out of the MAC. Uh, they beat Monmouth, and uh, so they draw Kentucky. And uh, Princeton loses out to Yale. So that pretty much rounds out the Jersey teams. Three, By two. Yeah, yeah. It was it was tight, and uh, the, uh, uh, the late turnover by Princeton hurt them, and uh, Yale pulls it out. Uh, so it will not be uh, Princeton. Uh, so uh, you got St. Pete's, uh, obviously uh, Rutgers and and Seton Hall um, are in. Um, you know, let's start with Rutgers. Um, it was close. I mean, the last four in, right? Um, uh, obviously, the early season problems were the reason that their net was so high. Basically, the committee just threw out the net because they had a, a pretty good resume in terms of quad one wins. And that won out, fortunately, for Rockers. And I say fortunately, guys, because, you know, even though uh, at the beginning of the season and they did lose some 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 talent in Miles Johnson, Jacob Young, Montez Mathis, but they had so many guys coming back. Uh, Ron Harper Jr., uh, Geo Baker, uh, Caleb McConnell. So there was high expectations that this team was not going to take a step back. And then at one point in the season, it looked like they were very much going to take a big step back because they were struggling considerably. But they put it together. They had that run where they beat four straight uh, ranked teams. Um, And even though that net was awful and it was high, um, they were still able to uh, get in. And they're in, guys. I know you both kind of jab, jabbed me a little bit there. I mean, it's it's the field of 68. Yes, it's a play-in game, but they are have met, made March Madness. Now, yes, they draw Notre Dame. They play Wednesday night. Uh, right now, it's a pick em. Saved by the conference because the Big Ten put nine teams in, mm-hmm. and if it weren't for that, uh, the Big Ten being so highly thought of, look at Michigan. I mean, what a yeah. joke that they don't – they're not in a play-in game. They finished 17 and 14. Their coach slaps somebody, <laughs> and they're comfortably in the field. And then you have Indiana, who lost on a Bohannon buzzer beater off the banker. That was that was ridiculous. They're in a play-in game. And then Rutgers also, oh, by the way, gets a play-in game, whereas someone like Texas A&M is on the outside looking in, and Xavier's on the outside looking in. And Oklahoma. I tell you that yeah. Richmond stole a bid from yeah. all of those teams. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think the conference is what sort of dragged them, both Indiana and Rutgers, over the finish line to get into the playoffs, playoff uh, situation. Yeah, you're probably right, Johnny. It was just a, a great run for Indiana. And, you know, those wins over or that Rutgers had over those ranked teams did have to sway the argument a little bit. Yes, that's net ranking is very low compared to most of the teams 
in the in the tournament. But for sure, they got themselves in by those wins, and and the Big Ten is a, is a strong tournament. I would just say this: yes, they're in, but if they lose, really, are you in? I mean, you're not even in a region. You're going to the middle of the country. Well, not quite, but almost. <laughs> you're going to Dayton, Ohio to lose. I know the NCAA treats everyone well there. The fans treat them well. Dayton has embraced its role as the host of those games. But if you don't go on to another region, if you don't play another game, I, I mean, you can say you're in, but I don't, I don't know if you're in. Well, I mean, it just goes on the resume, Matt. I mean, you're just, you know, Peichel's going to say, hey, it's two in a row. Oh, of course uh, he is. And, oh, yeah, no, no, no doubt. And you got and, that. And that's should. the point I'm making. Yes, they want to, you know, they're the last four in. It's it's very clear. And the last four in get penalized by having these playing games. So, My yeah. flyers have been, we yeah. always play a date. And I'm, this was one year I was, I didn't have to sweat it out watching, but right. yeah, we've made a habit of playing in Dayton. So yeah, that playing game is, is never fun because you're, you're in, but you want to really comfortably get into a region and then settle in and sign it kind of exhale and say, all right, now we got one game under our belts and then we're going to really see who's next and look at who's waiting for the winner is Alabama who has beaten a number of the uh, number one seeds that are in this thing. They're, they're a really good team. The Crimson Tide. Now you got Seton Hall comfortably in San Diego. Yes. Does Rutgers want to be in San Diego, but they're just going to have to earn the uh, right to get there. And uh, it's a good team. Notre Dame. Uh, They've got good guards, Blake Wesley. Many say he's going to be a first-rounder uh, NBA player. And uh, you got some uh, some forwards that's a pretty good size, and um, they're going to be a tough out for sure. Um, right now, the, what I've been reading is it's pretty much, um, in terms of the spread, it's pretty much uh, dead even. It's a pick em, uh, right now, leaning from what I hear Notre Dame's way. But that's because there's a lot of Notre Dame fans out there nationally. So that doesn't you know surprise me at all. What was a little surprising for me is that um, the ACC was really down this year mm-hmm. and that Notre Dame wasn't able to make a little bit more noise in a, in our, I mean, let's face it, aside from Duke and Carolina and, oh, by the way, Virginia Tech, someone lit a fire under their rear end the last week or so. But, you know, they were they weren't awesome in the regular season. Um, it was surprising that Notre Dame didn't have a better record with a with a really down ACC. And, you know, some people are saying that uh, how does Duke get a two seed and someone like Tennessee who wins the SEC uh, tournament for the first time since 1979. They don't get a two. They're a three. Um, so, you know, there's that out there. And so I was a little bit surprised that Notre Dame wasn't um, a little better this year. But as they say, we shall see now. The, the ball is going to get thrown up Wednesday night. And um, it would be nice to see Rutgers get out to an early lead and then lean on that really good defense. Um, Notre Dame can shoot the three ball. Nate Lashevsky's a terrific three-point shooter for a big guy he likes to step out um and so it'll be fun i'm looking forward to it i'm glad they're in for for steve and for the um jersey hardwood podcast it's good uh fodder for us to kick around and so we're looking forward to wednesday night and then of course friday when the pirates uh take on the horned frogs there's some great nicknames the horned frogs i know we'll talk quickly later about pc we played the jackrabbits of South Dakota State. So it's always just fun this time of year to get some of these. 30 and four, John, pretty good record there. So, uh, you know, obviously a lesser uh, conference, but uh, they sure know how to win for sure. Yes. So uh, I think uh, you're right. 
Steve uh, and John, back to John's point about Rutgers. Look, yeah. they've got to come out. They've got to win it on the defensive side, and they've got to make some shots. Yeah. You know, when they, when their offense is off, and if their big guys aren't doing it, you know, they're going to be in for potentially a long night. So, you know, what disturbed me was for all the excitement and justified of the way they played during that stretch where they were knocking off Titans left and right. Right. They, they, they struggled down the stretch and they did what they had to do. So there's no taking that away from them, but they've got to elevate their game. The way they've ended the season is not going to bode well uh, if that's the way they play this week. They've yeah. got to elevate their play. Oh, no, no question. And, uh, you know, the win at Indiana was big, but then they just get by Penn State. Um, boy, that could, you know, we talked about that last week, a very, uh, very close to being a disastrous loss, but they, they make, they win. And then, you know, against Iowa, uh, you know, look, they, they looked great in the first five minutes, good game plan, but then, uh, <laughs> they played 40, the last you, night. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, as I said, they were up by, they were up by 10 the opening tip, Johnny. They were up by, <laughs> they were up by 10. They looked great. And then McCaffrey changed to a uh, a zone and that was game set match they couldn't figure it out and also they didn't finish well it's another you know issue with with Rutgers is finishing around the basket man I mean uh you know Ron Harper Jr. missed a lot of you know uh, little chippies and layup shots and and you know um we hope to see Paul Mulcahy get back to the play that he had during that run which he was just phenomenal I mean he's pulled back a little bit as we've said so Hopefully he steps it up, and like you said, Matt, they gotta they gotta hit shots because that's what they stopped doing against Iowa. Uh, they just uh, they weren't good around the basket at all, and um, you know. And then Keegan Murray was really really good, and Iowa just got really hot and then ended up winning the whole thing. So um, you can't really kill them for losing the team that won the conference. But uh, again, it started out well and then it went bad in a hurry. Uh, for them, and so yeah, you're right. They've got to they've got to pick it up, and they they got to get back to finding that magic that they had in that run there. And it really was Paul Mulcahy was a key. Um, but also, you know what, guys? They hit shots. They hit shots. So they played that defense. So that defense will show up. But they've got to um they they've got to hit their shots, and um and hopefully that can happen. And uh, Wednesday night in uh. In Dayton. And oh, by the way, Steve Peichel gets a nice extension. Uh, well deserved. I'm a huge Peichel fan. I know I was, you know, going crazy at the beginning, uh, you know, the, uh, the middle of the season. Again, going back to that feeling that many Rutgers fans had that they really shouldn't take a step back and that this should be a tournament team. And you know what? It is a tournament team. Uh, albeit, the, the, you know, the last, <laughs> the last few teams in. Um, but they they just made it in, and um, so they move forward uh, in Dayton. Um, so let's take a little break, and we'll come back. We'll talk about the rest of Jersey, starting with Seton Hall. March Madness is here on the Jersey Hardwood Podcast, along with our sponsor, LG Insurance. We'd like to congratulate all of the Jersey schools that made the tournament, Seton Hall, Rutgers, and St. Peter's. Congratulations, guys, and let's get it on. And we're back on the Jersey Hardwood podcast sponsored by LG Insurance. This is our special tournament show and uh, Seton Hall, uh, the eighth seed. I don't think that was a surprise either, Matt. You might think differently. They draw TCU and uh, they are already in. 
sunny San Diego. So uh, what are your thoughts uh, on the eighth seed, Matt, and um, their opponent? Yeah, well, it probably is what they deserve, right, the way the season unfolded for them. Um, they didn't do as well after that great start as everyone had hoped. There were reasons for that, right? They could injury paramount. And so they were just about there where everyone predicted they would be. Could they have moved the needle a little bit had they done something in the big East tournament? Yes, but but they didn't. And so, well, they, they won you know, the one game over Georgetown, but you know, they, they got handled pretty easily by Connecticut. And so they would have needed that win, I think. So that's just about where they're at. I mean, Arizona lies ahead, but they've got to get past this TCU team. So we'll see. Kadari Richmond's injury has been given some time to heal. Evan Willard says he's looking great. What else is Kevin going to say? Uh, we'll <laughs> see. The proof is we hit in the pudding. Uh, they need him. They won't have Bryce Aiken. We'll see. Jared Roden had a nothing game against UConn. I don't know that TCU can play that way defensively, but if they can a little bit and Roden has a cold day, Seton Hall will be flying back without much of a tan. <laughs> without much of a tan, yeah. San Diego, not such a terrible place to have to, to go, right, Matt, to play a, at least a first-round game? You'd like, to, you'd like to stick around out there in that region for a couple of days, right? If you could, yeah. You know, again, Arizona lies ahead, but you got to yep. get there first. So I don't know if you guys have had a chance to watch Arizona play. I've, I only saw them uh, once or twice in the regular season, but watched a bunch of the Pac-12 championship. That team is loaded with yeah. freak, I mean, freak athletes. I mean, from go, from one through five, it almost looks like even for like the point guard and the two guard, as if they, they roll out a trampoline and put it in front of the basket and these guys jump off of it and put up these unbelievable dunks. It's They are so good, so gifted athletically. They've got two huge guys in the middle that just block out everything but the sun. I mean, they are really a scary team. I know there are a lot of people's pick to win it all. I think if I were to put a gun to my head right now, I think I would pick them to win the entire thing right now. And with a first year coach, Tommy Lloyd comes mm-hmm. over from Gonzaga where he was the longtime assistant to Mark Few. He inherits that team that uh, that Sean Miller put together, but he had to be shown the door with his um, you know, infractions there. But boy, talk about picking up the 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 baton and running with it. They're really, really good. And if yeah. Seton Hall were um, to get by TCU, which we're not going to slide them over just yet before the game starts because Jamie Dixon has a has a team that will fight you tooth and nail. They go back to the old Big East days with him at Pittsburgh, him and Kevin Willard. But um, Arizona lurking in the future, but take care of first things first. It's the Horned Frogs that they have to knock out. Yeah, they started to play well, um, particularly at the end of the season. They defeated Texas in the Big 12 tournament. They wound up losing to uh, Kansas eventually, but you know they will rattle you a little bit uh, because they will play a slower-paced game. But if they can't shoot, that's not a strength. They're not a very good outside shooting team. Yeah. Uh, then they could be for a long day. Where Seton Hall has to worry is again, this is based on the stats and some scouting reports. Uh, TCU is pretty good on the offensive glass. And Seton Hall is just a, a bad rebounding team. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I don't mm-hmm. care what the numbers show. They get beaten to the spot. I mean, they had no answer for UConn. UConn clobbered them on the glass, and that's been a problem in my eyes all season long for Seton Hall. When they struggle, 
if they can't get a second shot. They're dependent on the outside shot a lot, and nobody goes to the boards to rebound. And when they get them, they don't hold the ball. I mean, it's too easily knocked out of the hands of Ike Obiagu and Alexis Yetna. So they'll have to be much stouter on the boards uh, against TCU, unless you know they flourish from three and TCU bombs from three, and then it might be a no contest. I don't expect that to be the case. I think it's a challenge for Seton Hall. Yeah, and they got a nice guard, Mike Miles, a uh, guard for uh, TCU. So, um, you know, usually guard play is very important in a tournament. You hope that Kadari Richmond is okay, Matt. You're saying that he rested that uh, thumb a bit, but hope that he's a, he's 100% because um, they're going to need it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you're, you're right, John. I mean, you get past TCU, you got Arizona right there, man, 31-3 and three and just looking like, a, you know, a lot of people have them picked to go all the way. And even oh, beat man, they you know, scary. Good, yeah. good grief. Yeah. I mean, even and, beat and that's the only reason why you would have liked to have gotten off that 8-9 line. Everyone yeah. knows if you get 8-9, you're facing number one, barring an upset. Right. And yeah. 16 yeah. beating one, good luck uh, right. getting uh, getting that to occur. So uh, it, it's difficult. Uh, there's no question. Uh, Seton Hall just uh, couldn't push itself to a higher seed, and you know, they just stumbled in January, and they never could find their way back, though they played well at the end. Yeah, uh, won five straight to go into the Big East. Uh, stumbled a little bit against Georgetown, but won, and then just you know got got to eight, I guess it was against Connecticut at one point, but then another big one in the second half, and that was there. And it, it was Connecticut's game. Seahawks never really was in it. It's too bad, Matt, that they couldn't get in uh, Baylor's bracket because they're missing their their top score. It would have been. I, I would feel a bit better had I been looking at Baylor in round two rather than Arizona, even even Kansas. Yeah. That Arizona team is just scary, man. I mean, they, they are just deep and, and, like I said, freak run-and-jump athletes who will all play in the NBA. I mean, all of these guys are going to play in the NBA. Um, it's, uh, you know, really a scary team. But like you said, first things first, got to beat PCU first. And, listen, there would be no shame in losing to Arizona. I mean, you don't want to go in saying, yeah, we're going to lose, we'll just bend over. But, you know, if you get to that second game, you're playing with house money. Yeah, you are, but for Seton Hall, it's been too many win one and then lose the next game. They want yeah. to get to that second weekend, and they haven't been able to do that under Kevin Willard. So uh, it's a tall task to get it done this year. I think the shame in some ways was, and obviously they're a different team that they can play, but it's a shame that they couldn't get a little higher in the Big East tournament because as we saw, with all due respect to your Providence Friars, yeah. that was a little bit of an easier path than in you know, Creighton, how does Creighton do it? Well, McDermott's a great coach, but, you know, Creighton's playing without their starting point guard, yeah. and yet they're able to beat Marquette, Providence, and get to the final before they lose to Villanova. So that would have been an easier path for Seton Hall. Probably would have gotten them off that 8-9 line. But, you know, as they say, if a bus had wings, it'd be a plane. So, <laughs> right? you got yes. to play the hand that sells and that's TCU with Arizona on the horizon. And Connecticut, man, they are scary good. They could they could go on a run in this tournament because, as you said, they have size with that Adama Sonogo. It's too bad that Seton Hall couldn't get him right around the corner to come and play for them because that kid is really good. And they're young, and they've got a really good recruiting class coming in. So Connecticut is certainly not going anywhere. And Creighton had put three guys on the, the, the all-freshman team, and the best one of them was that Nemhard who broke his wrist is out for the year yeah. because – those other two kids are scary good, and they just caught, they just caught fire, and and they went at, at one point in that 
semifinal game on Friday night. They outscored Providence. The game was tied 25-25. And the next time you looked up, it was a 31-2 run. So it was 57-27. It was just like out the door. You know what to do. It was incredible. It was over. Oh, it was like everything they put up went in and everything we did, we threw it off the tuba player in the stands. And so they <laughs> they can shoot the ball. And they were right there with Villanova. I mean, that was a one-point game yeah. with, in the final final seconds of that one. And, and again, uh, Colin Gillespie sticks his you know, fingers in everybody's face and pulls one out. And so um, it's Villanova's the chalk. And somebody in our conference, Matt, has to knock them out. You know, someone's got to do it. Yeah, so you knock out, uh, knock the crown off the head of the champ. He remains the champ, and Jay yeah, Wright is. Sick of them. I'm really sick of them. <laughs> <laughs> and we need some upsets, too. Listen, if Seton Hall's going to take a deep run, and a lot of people, again, picked Arizona. So that would be a monumental upset, but it, it happens, and uh, it could happen out there in, uh, in San Diego for Seton Hall, too. Uh, you know, it's about time Gonzaga wins this thing. You know, they. They run the table every year, and all we hear about is how great they are. They they annihilate that West Coast Conference, and maybe they'll stub their toe at St. Mary's once every year. Right. But come on, let's go. Can you win this thing for once? Right. Well, I mean, they uh, were so close uh, last year, making it to the final. So the the belief is that uh, it is their year. But you were just talking about Arizona, Johnny, and everything you said was correct. And they all, they're just, a, it looks like an incredible team from top to bottom. Oh, so, uh, yeah, yeah. so that is, uh, that it, it will await because, you know, listen, uh, um, whoever the playing game is right state in Bryant for the 16th seed. I mean, they're going to take care of them. So that, that'll, that Arizona will be waiting there. Um, uh, for uh, Seton Hall or, or TCU. So, but Matt, is there any big concern going into that game uh, with Seton Hall? You know, they're excited. It's an opportunity. They the season ended for them. You know, on a loss until they got the bid, which they knew was coming. But it's just a matter of who they were. Well, oh, no, no, they'll shake that off. There, mm-hmm. There'll be no hangover of that. But if there's an injury hangover and Kadari Richmond is half of what he is. It really damaged each other. So, and as I said, Jared Rosen's got to be the player everyone expects him uh, or, or thinks he can be. I mean, he, you know, he can go off for 30, but then he can have a game like he had, which is unfathomable. Uh, he just was nowhere to be found against, against UConn. But they're good. UConn's mm-hmm. good. And how about St. Pete's? Out of Jersey City, they, uh, they outlast Mammoth in the MAC. And then, of course, they, they go ahead and uh, draw Kentucky. They yeah, get their, their prize is Kentucky. They yeah. get the, the 15th seed out there in the east. So they're in Indianapolis, and uh, they go up against uh, uh, Kentucky in that in that first round. So uh, it'll probably be a a, a, um, a 40 minutes for for St. Peter's, and and that'll be it. But hey, uh, great job uh, outlasting Mammoth there and uh, and making it into the field. Yeah. Speaking of Seton Hall, go get him, Shaheen Holloway. That's great. Yeah. You know, it's good for them. I'm happy for him. He's he does a terrific job, and you know, he's a he's a great alum for the school. He was a great assistant there, and you know, oh by the way, with that Maryland job being open, you know, that'll be the next thing we're hearing about is you know Kevin Willard's name has been bandied about for that, and um, you know, if he were ever to to leap at that job, I would I would assume that Shaheen would probably be the first one that. Um, you know, the, the phone call would go right right down to the Anatelli Rec Center, right, Matt? Wouldn't you think he would be someone being in line? 
Well, don't forget, Grant Billmeyer's been there a long time with Kevin Willard. I agree that Shaheen That's Holloway true. is a head coach at a big-time program shortly, and it may yeah. very well be Seton Hall. I don't know what uh, the athletic department's thinking is in that. I don't know if Bill Meyer would go with Willard wherever he goes. But right. uh, Bill Meyer has the same qualities, except he doesn't have head coaching experience that Holloway's gotten. Yeah. You know, he's in a law. He's been there a long time. So it'll be one of those two, I'm sure, if Kevin leaves. Yes. Well, look, guys, uh, the tournament is here. March Madness is on. We'll follow it through. Uh, three teams, Rutgers, Seton Hall, St. Pete's from Jersey, uh, make it into the tournament. So we'll follow everybody on the Jersey Hardwood podcast. I'd like to thank our sponsor, LG Insurance. You can listen to us on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. Uh, check out our site, More Sports Now com as well and uh, we'll catch you all next week so for Steve Titchener we got Matt Lachlan out there in Vancouver and John McAlevey we'll all catch you next week bye bye the Jersey Hardwood podcast is written and produced by Steve Titchener with co-host Matt Lachlan and John McAlevey the show is edited and mixed by Justin Coy at Sound Lounge New York City